Good morning, everyone. Welcome. We're uh, glad you joined us for Power Hour today. What another gorgeous morning in the low country. And uh, it's just, it's that time of year. And we know that uh, that time of the year means the countdown is on for the RBC Heritage presented by Boeing. Uh, it starts next week. And uh, we threw quite a party this last Saturday night to celebrate it. Over 500 people attended the Chamber Ball themed Mad for Plaid and uh, paid tribute to just a fabulous, fabulous golf tournament. And you might know that the Heritage Classic Foundation has been giving back to the community for 55 years now, 55 solid years of giving back to the community. And all, as we all know, it's much more than just a community event. It's certainly much more than a tournament. It's something that affects uh, not only our, our, us locally, it affects our entire state and our region. I think it's probably safe to say that there's no other stop on the PGA Tour with more community involvement than ours. And you know it's important when schools literally close for spring break, they plan their spring breaks around the tournament. So students and teachers uh, can volunteer and be a part of that event. You know, giving back is at the heart of the PGA Tour, and it's a major part of the role our first guest plays. Uh, he's the Senior Vice President of Tournament Business Affairs for the PGA Tour. John Norris is the liaison between Tour and his tournaments in all areas, including charity, marketing and sales, operations, and also community activation. He's uh, no stranger at the Tour. He's been with them since 2004, and we're honored to have him with us this morning. He's here to talk about the RBC Heritage presented by Boeing, uh, its new status, for the year and uh, what that means in the future. John, welcome and it's good to see you again. Bill, thanks for the introduction. You, you took half of my talking points, so I'll be brief. Um, well, it really is an honor uh, to represent the PJ Tour this morning when, when Steve asked me to speak, it was, it was a no brainer. And I know that there's another golf event happening this week uh, somewhere in Georgia, I think, but um, Honestly, we can feel the energy and the electricity here at the PJ Tour um, with RBC Heritage Week just five days away. Uh, Steve and I talked about that last week, and it's an amazing week every year, but there's just something special in the air this year, and, and we're super excited to be there. And while I haven't been, you mentioned the, the 50 plus years. I haven't been to all of them, uh, but I've been to a significant amount. And, it, and it's safe to say that we're in for an epic week. And I think that the county, the state, um, and really the entire world will get to see what we all know here at the PJ Tour is that your event and your area is special. And, and more than just words, it's the feeling you get when you drive over the causeway, you're there, and you can feel how welcome you are. And I can tell you that I travel about 40 weeks a year and the way that the community embraces this event is special. I can promise you that. And, and Simon and Steve and the entire team at the Heritage Classic Foundation is really as good as it gets anywhere. Um, Steve was our TAC chairman and, and probably spent more time with myself and my team uh, than he would like, but we really had an opportunity to get to know Steve and Simon even more over the last several years. Uh, and they, I, like I said, they're as good as they get. Our sponsors, uh, RBC, our players, the fans, and the entire tour team looks forward to this week. And this year's no different. I remember um, 
a few short years ago when your event was the second event back uh, after the pandemic in our what we called our return to golf. We knew that there was no better place to showcase the great sport of golf and to show the world, quite frankly, what happens. And, and you said it, Bill, earlier, when professional golf is part of the fabric of a community. Uh, and Hilton Head Island is a perfect example of that. It always has been. And so whether it was starting uh, our comeback to golf to designating this event as a special event on the PJ Tour, it was really a no brainer. Um, from a competition side this year, it's off to an amazing start. We've had uh, a battle of some of the best stars in the game winning multiple times. Uh, we've had new stars emerge. Um, and as I think Commissioner Monahan said a couple months ago, this could very well be one of the most consequential seasons in the history of the PJ Tour. Um, and what a better place to be. There is no better place to be than on Hilton Head Island. And, and this group is a major part of that. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I, I just want to close, if, if anyone has any questions, and just saying, reiterating how grateful we are and how welcome we feel in your community. Uh, it is so impressive. We, and we are very proud, Bill, like you said, of the great work that gets done in the community from the funds that are raised from the tournament and the Heritage Classic Foundation. Um, we are business colleagues, for sure. Uh, but even more so, I feel that, that Steve, Simon, and the rest of the team and all those, we're not just business partners, but we're uh, friends and colleagues. Uh, and we can feel it. And we hope the group there feels the same. And so I can't wait to be there next week. And I echo the thoughts of everyone here at the PJ Tour and, and look forward to an amazing week. Thank you, John. And to tell you how excited we are, I can tell you that it's uh, five days, two hours, eight <laughs> minutes and one second away. I, uh, we keep here at the chamber, we keep the, the clock on, the countdown, just to see how, how far away it is. And before long, we're gonna be uh, at four days. So thank you for that. A question for you is about the, uh, the tour players love coming to Hilton Head Island. What do you hear from them and what, what do they see making Hilton Head Island and Bluffton so special? I think really, um, Bill and the rest of the group, it, it's, it's something that it's hard for them to put into words. It's just, I mean, and it's overused word, but it's the whole vibe and the whole feeling they get when they come on the island. Uh, there's a sense of, you know, this is, this is their job. And it, there's a lot of pressure each and every week. But I think as soon as they hit that bridge and they come over onto the island, they, their shoulders sort of drop, they get settled. They know they don't have to worry about anything because of the way uh, Steve and Simon take care of them and their families. They know it's a spot where they can relax but also at the same time have one of the best golf courses on the PJ Tour. They really, they really feel welcome. They don't have to sit in a ton of traffic in a big city and they just feel it's a perfect combination of competition, family, and at the same time doing their job. So it, it's hard to really put into words other than that feeling they get uh, of just really feeling welcome. You had you had mentioned that uh, Steve was the head of uh, I believe it was TAC maybe last yeah. year. Tell tell our listeners what that means and what his involvement in that was. Well, I'd be interested to hear what Steve thinks that means because uh, it was quite an adventure. The TAC is an acronym for a Tournament Advisory Committee, uh, and it is made up of ten tournament directors of our forty five plus events, 
and they vote on a TAC chairman who they feel is the right person to represent them and the interests of all the events. So the fact that Steve was nominated as the chairman just goes a long way to tell you about not only his skills, but his character. And basically what he does is he gathers all the information from the other tournaments. And he and I spend a tremendous amount of time along with our colleagues and the other uh, TAC members, but really making sure that the voices are heard. And so the fact that his colleagues voted him in that role tells you how they feel about him. John, I think that's, uh, I think that's a great point. And I think that's also a good time for us to transition into uh, Steve, who's gonna be speaking next. We look forward to seeing and welcome you, welcoming you, the, the entire team, and as well as those uh, uh, tour players and caddies and everyone else to Hilton Head Island in just a few short days. Fantastic, thanks again. Thanks for being with us. My pleasure. Well, as, as John was talking about Steve, he really needs no introduction. And, uh, you know, he's been the tournament director for the RBC Heritage uh, for the last 37 years. Steve, that's 37 years, I said. And uh, uh, the relationships that you have with not only the, the local business community, but around the state and with the PGA Tour are uh, really instrumental in making this tournament the success that it is. So welcome. We're glad to see you. We haven't seen you since Saturday night on a uh, terrific video that you're a part of, or a film, I should say. And we really all enjoyed uh, seeing that and hearing more from you. But today, it's all about uh, what's going to happen in five days, two hours, and four minutes. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. And uh, I think everyone saw saw me the other night, so I'm, I'm in the dark a little bit here. And hopefully you can... Uh, there's a bit of an echo in the background too, as I'm in a trailer down on site right now, uh, getting ready for uh, next week. But uh, John, first and foremost, John Norris, I appreciate his comments and uh, the support of the PGA Tour. And uh, as he said in some of the questions that you asked, Bill, um, in the words of Tom Brady, let's go. It's uh, truly an exciting time and uh, for this community. And um, again, the celebration the other night was in celebrating 55 years of the of the heritage, in this case, the RBC heritage, but it's it's a it's truly a celebration of the community. Uh, this is this is our event. Uh, we're something to be very proud of, and we heard from John Norris and the PGA Tour with regards to what it mean, means to the PGA Tour, what it what it does mean to. Um, the networks, what it means it means to the partners. They want to be here, and, and they want to be here not just to um, just to play golf on one of the premier golf courses in the world, but to be a, in a community that is, is second to none around the country. And to think about this event, there's so many things, and, I, and I, I'm going to sit here and say a lot of thanks, but it's, it's so true. So many things have to happen before these players, these spectators, these caddies, the uh, CBS, before they even get here on site. Um, you know, they've got to go through our, which I look at from uh, certainly Buford County, but then Bluffton. I mean, that's our driveway into, into Hilton Head Island. Hilton Head Island is is, is our, our, our our front yard. And then you get to Sea Pines and then you come to our, the front gate and you get into 
um, our home here down on site, but but that it has to be you know the from traffic, it, it's uh, parking, it's uh, it's going to our wonderful resorts and the, going to the grocery stores and shopping and going to the villas and there's so many things that happen before these players and all these spectators get here down on site. So we're all in this together. Uh, this is an incredible opportunity for us it, as it is every year, but this year being designated that we are, it, we're, we're, we all as a community, certainly from the staff working with the resort, working with Sea Pines, working with the town of Hilton Head Island, um, we're, we're not patting ourselves on the back. It's, it's one of those things we, we, we want to celebrate, but we, we want to put our best, best foot forward. We want to step up our A game. We want to make sure that uh, um, we're best, best, best in practice. And, and I know that. I, I, I sense that. Working with Mark Orlando in the town has been unbelievable. Thank you, Lisa, uh, as well, and Bluffton in, in getting to this point. But you, Bill, and the the, the chamber, our hotel years, uh, the rental companies, the caterers, uh, to, to be down on site right now to see um, surge setting up, to see the greenery out there, to see Hilton Head Regional Healthcare mobile unit here, to have Palmetto Electric running around and with Hargray, and I can go on and on and on. And I had a and, you know, a couple of things that are happening. I asked the ops team this morning about some maybe little fun facts and uh, um, unbeknownst to a lot of people out there, but we have over 110 TVs. We have four video boards. We have four, two miles of uh, coax cable. We had 18 bathroom trips, 100 Porta Johnnies. We have over a thousand signs, 240 golf carts, 168 BMWs, 25 rental vehicles. Uh, we have 600... Um, 600 ropes and stake or stakes and all there's so much that it goes on but it's a team effort it's it's working with the community it's working with all these partners and everybody's it the the, exci the excitement the energy as you can tell here i i'm truly excited about it but uh um again we have an also another opportunity we we have the strongest field we'll ever have we're we're rivaling a, a major field um, field for sure, but we're also having the largest field we've ever had because of some, um, not technicalities, but due to the fact of our designated level. So we've got 20 more players that we've ever had, but that's 20 more players that have never been here. That's 20 more caddies that have never been here. That's 20 more families that have never been here. Now that's 20 more courtesy cars and 40 more parking places and some other things too, that create some challenges a little bit, but we're up for that challenge. And, uh, but we also have more spectators and not necessarily more spectators. We're going to have new spectators that have been here uh, that haven't been here before. We have sponsors that haven't been here before. And, and the, the thing that we want, we want them all coming back. We want them to know that being a designated event and being here on Hilton Head Island and being here in this community is something that um, they're going to they're going to look at each other, whether it's a player, whether it's a caddy, whether it's a family, whether it's a spectator, new volunteer, they're going to go. I want to be a part of this. I want to continue to be a part of this, and uh, um, so that that that's where we are now. We're we're fine. we're trying to execute the plan right now. We're in that process, and uh, I did talk to Angela uh, McSwain to see about maybe doing this uh, video out on course when we were sensitive to uh, maybe a little Wi-Fi matters and some things, but. Uh, um, but no, thank you. Thank you for everybody in the support. I, I, I'm so fortunate to work with so many, so many wonderful people. And, you know, as I've mentioned before, I don't, I don't have to do what I do. I get to do what I do because I get to do it with each and every one of you.
Steve, thank you so much for that. And uh, uh, you had mentioned, first of all, love the fun facts, love that. And then we have a uh, we have a question from Marty, and Marty is asking, when does it actually? When do you actually start setting up on site uh, for this for this tournament? Well, it's it's interesting because you know there's certainly a lot of people in this community that unfortunately or for whatever reason don't get down to sea pines as often or throughout the course of the year. But we really get start building um, early, early February. It's a a little earlier than. Uh, this year than in the past. We do have a new, you'll see, we have a new structure on the 18 um, uh, green. Uh, it's a double double deck structure, two of them that we're using a third party to do that. So there, there's a couple separate builds that are happening out there, but it's a it's it's a good couple month process and it's amazing, you know, how hard, it, how long it takes to get up, but it comes down pretty fast too in a matter of a couple of weeks. But, um, you know, we appreciate the, the support that we have from this community, obviously the resort, Sea Pines Resort and Steve Burwell, but, you know, Sam Bennett from the CSA too, we're, we're within this private community and there there is a lot that does go on leading up to the tournament, but uh, um, it's, it's wonderful to be able to work together with, uh, with everybody to be able to pull this off. And, you know, we do run into curveballs, whether it's gets into power or communications, but Palmon Electric is there and Hargrave's there to support and help us. And, um, you know, but it's it's 99.9% of the time, it's yes is the answer, what's the question? And I feel very fortunate uh, to be a part of that. Thanks, Steve. We know you're in 100% tournament mode. Shift just a minute on your thinking to the foundation mode. And uh, Karen, Karen is asking, how does a charity be considered for a grant from the foundation? Well, it's 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 a matter of registering. I mean, I, I would, who, whomever's asking this question or anybody out there is to contact Alexis Romero, um, Grove, and our um, on our staff who oversees our uh, foundation initiatives and. Uh, um, to get registered as as a, as a charity, we have close to 100 partners right now, and 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 that is somewhat unique on the PGA Tour too. A lot of PGA Tour events uh, wrap their arms around a cause, um, which are all wonderful causes, whatever they might be. But we we help support many different causes, which makes it uh, somewhat unique. But it's also a wonderful way to really get the community involved. I mean, one one thing is from a uh, you know, they talk about community and you talk about, um, you know, working with groups. You know, it's just like when we went with uh, our catering company, working with Surge to handle our concessions, still working with the civic groups. But there was a lot of companies that we had interviewed outside of this area, but we, Surge was the right partner. Um, they were, they're right here and uh, uh, in this community. And that's what we're about. We're about community. And yes, they're running a, our concessions in, in, a, in an incredible professional way, but still working with uh, um, our civic organizations from the front of the house and all too. But um, you know, it's it's a uh, it, it's a very unique and special event on the PGA Tour, without question. Steve, another question for you is coming from Ryan. I know the answer to this question, but since it came in, I'm going to ask you: uh, Will we be a designated event in 2024, or perhaps better question? When might we know if we would be a designated event in 2024? Um, I mean, great question, and and those things are um, continue to be dis to to be discussed. I mean, it's one of the things that I 
I kind of mentioned in a way too that not that this is an interview that's coming up here next week, but it, it is a part of the process and the fact that these guys want to be here. The players want to be here. The the tour wants to be here. And I, I for me not to thank RBC and Boeing, and in addition, the state of South Carolina is a big player as well, and uh, they want to be here. But this continues to be uh, somewhat not necessarily a work in progress. Uh, we're, we've got a lot of discussions, a lot of uh, great discussions moving forward, and we should know we should know six to eight weeks, um, if not sooner, where we'll how this will play out in twenty four. But all, all indications, things are you know working thanks to the support of everybody here, and our, obviously our relationship with the PGA Tour is uh, is quite incredible as well too, and that all factors into this. But um, I guess in a roundabout answer, not, we don't know yet, and, but uh, we should we should know soon. Steve, last question is coming from David, and David's asking how have people uh, adapted to the digital tickets? Uh, it's been great. You know, last year was our first year. 90% uh, of what happened was good. We did learn a, a, a lot of things. Uh, um, differently, but they have. It's a, it's a way of life now. We can't travel without digital tickets. We can't go to concerts or even high school ball games now without digital tickets. And uh, uh, we do have a unique venue. Uh, that's where the challenge comes in. And um, in the fact that we don't have an a main entrance or entrances, but but we've we've adapted. We've done some things differently this year that we learned from last year, and we've got different more scanning locations. We did hire a third party that is working with Hargray We're, uh, with regards to Wi-Fi throughout the golf course. So uh, in support of of our mobile tickets. But um, no, it's been it's been extremely well received. And it's it's certainly the direction we're going to continue to go and continue to get better as we all do. You know, just because we did it away five years ago, let alone last year, doesn't mean we're going to do it, you know, now let's, let's continue to learn and get better. Steve, we'll, we'll say thank you before the event. And then I know we'll be thanking you and the entire team after the event, because uh, it's going to be tremendous. We really look forward to a, a great time and seeing some wonderful, wonderful golf here on Hilton Head Island and knowing how busy you are i'm going to remind you five days one hour and 52 minutes so uh, we're gonna we're gonna let you run unless you have anything else to say and, and get back to back to work now you can probably hear in the background we've got blowers going we've got some delivery trucks and uh but no it's it's it, it is uh you can tell i'm energized it's it's adrenaline um i'm 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 blessed, but everyone, the excitement, the energy. We're going to have an incredible week next week, and uh, thanks everybody uh, for their support and, and enjoy. You know, we, you know, at the end of the day, we will, if we're if we're successful, we'll be able to support many different causes, and it's thanks to the support of so many that we're able to give back. Steve, great uh, great to have you. Thanks for giving us time today, and we'll see you real real soon. Thank thank you. All right, Steve Wilmot talking all things RBC Heritage presented by Boeing. It's always a delight to have Steve with us. We're going to transition now to uh, another topic that's been in the news. We certainly know that banking's uh, in the news daily now, really, due to the collapse of the uh, SVB in California and others. Um, is, is banking in a crisis, I guess we'd be asking. Is, does the Fed expect more banks to fail, and should we be worried about that? They're all great questions, I think, for our next guest. 
And our next guest also is not a stranger, Fred Green, president and CEO of the South Carolina Bankers Association. He's been at the helm there, not quite as long as uh, Wilmot has been, but since 2012, following a, a stellar 33-year career banking in South Carolina. Uh, he's also served on the direct, as the director of the Federal Reserve Bank and, uh, and also is on its Federal Advisory Council for the 5th and 6th District Banks. You might remember Fred was with us quite often during uh, our Power Hour calls during COVID, helping our smaller businesses uh, really shepherd their way through what needed to be done to help them. Fred, welcome. We thank you for being with us today and uh, look forward to hearing your update. And unmute. There we go. Thank you, Bill. Uh, first off, it's great seeing you. I wish I could see you in person instead of being in my office in Columbia on beautiful Hilton Head Island. Um, you, you said a couple of bank failures and a crisis. I, I'm happy to report there is no crisis and everything is pretty much back to normal. And it's um, it's kind of hard to believe that all of this happened really within the last three weeks. So I'll quickly go through some of the background timeline and kind of where we are now. So Silicon Valley Bank out of California failed on March 10th. It's the largest bank failure since Lehman Brothers failed in 2008. Silicon Valley is the 16th, was the 16th largest bank in the U.S. with a little over 210 billion in assets and 175 billion in deposits. A critical, uh, I guess a critical data point is 97% of those deposits were uninsured. And SVB had the highest percentage of uninsured deposits out of all the large banks in the US. So quick timeline on Wednesday, March 8th, a $2.5, billion bank in California called Silvergate announced they were liquidating. And that didn't really hit the news, but that started the issue. Uh, Silvergate was an anomaly as well as the other two I'll mention. They uh, were a bank, as I said, with about two and a half billion in deposits, but they did not have a single loan. All of their deposits, they were employed uh, to buy long-term bonds, interest rates reversed. They were underwater. They liquidated without calling in the FDIC. That was on Wednesday, March 8th. Thursday, March 9th, uh, 42 billion uh, left uh, SVB overnight within 24 hours. Um, I mentioned their size and their, uh, but 42 billion out of 160 billion in deposits left in less than 24 hours, mostly through a keystroke on a telephone. Um, when that left, that left a negative cash balance in that bank of a billion dollars. Friday, March 10th, FDIC took over the bank. Sunday, March 13th, another bank, Signature Bank out of uh, New York, uh, also failed. The FDIC came in. Signature Bank was a crypto bank, had huge concentrations in crypto. So uh, the Fed uh, announced on Sunday night both bank failures and that they were making all depositors of both banks, whether they were secured or unsecured, whole. 
and they opened up a liquidity borrowing um, mechanism for all other banks in the country to create uh, uh, the, the stability or to offset maybe a panic is what it was. On uh, Monday the 14th, um, the news media uh, went hysterical. That was a topic on every channel. There was concerns about contagion, whether it would impact every single bank, whether uh, people would lose you know, their life savings. Uh, President Biden came on TV, said the banking system is safe and sound. Uh, Monday, uh, I got all of our bankers in South Carolina, the leadership in our banks in South Carolina, on a call to talk about it and for me to get, uh, I guess, my finger on the pulse is what they were seeing. There was no uh, outflow of deposits among our banks in South Carolina beyond a normal uh, day. Uh, that made me feel good. Uh, but later in that day, in another role I've got on a national level, uh, I had an opportunity to ask my counterparts from the other 49 states what they were seeing out of the out of the total of 50 states, only two states were concerned about outflows of deposits within their state, and no surprise that was California and New York. By Friday, uh, we circled back around. Even California and New York uh, were comfortable with the stability of deposits in their bank. So, you know, what created it? Um, all banks. Uh, avoid concentration um, because concentration creates risk. And uh, most banks have a business model that's based on a large number of relatively small accounts. Both of those banks, Silicon Valley and Signature, were the exact opposite. Their business model was a a small number of very, very large accounts. So in, 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 in signature, excuse me, in, in Silicon Valley, that was probably even more pronounced because it not only was it a small number of large accounts, they were all large accounts held by venture capital groups and the tech companies that they uh, helped getting started. Getting they helped it get started. So uh, really, what happened there? There was one of the guys on the VC side that got concerned. He pulled his money out. He told all of his uh, companies that he had invested in to pull their money out. They all talked to somebody else, and as I said earlier, in really less than twenty four hours, forty two billion at the stroke of a uh, key on a telephone left that bank, left them broke. They failed. Uh, so where are we now, uh, just three weeks later, stability in the banking system, um, uh, uh, as would be expected, there will be and there have been a number of congressional hearings, uh, Senate hearings, trying to figure out what happened and what could uh, uh, be implemented that would keep something like this happen, happen again. Uh, what does this all mean to you and uh, the folks on the call in terms of your account? Again, those two banks or three banks, including the first one, were anomalies. There's no other business model in the country like that. 
the concentration of deposits within South Carolina banks or those banks doing business in South Carolina, uninsured deposits, uh, very, very sm small relative to that 97% in Silicon Valley. Um, and I guess the, the benchmark that I look at is just the media coverage. Again, early on, that was on every channel and it created a good bit of hysteria. Uh, today, there's nothing in the news and they're moved on now to the, uh, to the Trump indictment. So, uh, so that's, uh, Bill, just kind of where we are in a nutshell, both in what happened over the last three weeks, why it was extremely unusual anomalies, if, if, if we could use that expression and and kind of where we are today the banks in the country and in south carolina are very very well capitalized they all are performing well in terms of earnings they uh don't have any uh any um credit issues which normally creates a bank failure and again very little uh to no concentration of either loans or deposits so with that, Bill, again, happy to be with you and would, would love to answer any questions. Fred, thank you so much. Certainly uh, reassuring comments, and we're glad to have you with us. You've answered one of the questions, which was about the media, uh, the, the crisis, the coverage that it received. So we'll move on to our next question, which is from Debbie. And Debbie is asking, what are you seeing happening in banking with fluctuating interest rates and how that is impacting the uh, business creation and real estate transactions? Well, the Fed has increased rates just one meeting after another, uh, and it's it's been the highest and quickest interest rate move uh, in history. Uh, there's some thought that there might be a one more uh, Fed increase, maybe a quarter percent, then a pause, and then uh, within some period of time, some reduction. So. Mortgage rates uh, peaked out a while ago. They're starting to come down. Uh, mortgage rates are really based on the long-term interest rates. Long-term interest rates are actually lower than short-term interest rates right now. It's an inverted yield curve. Uh, it's still costly, though, uh, to, to borrow money from a bank. Um, and I think that was the intention of the Federal Reserve to slow down the economy uh, and, and, you know, they, they, they're doing it. So it is slowing down the economy, uh, maybe in uh, playing its role in reducing the rate of inflation. All right, Fred, thank you. Another question is coming from Alan. And Alan is asking about uh, First Citizens acquiring some of the assets of SVB and what that potential impact might be on the Carolinas. Well, typically when there is an acquisition of public companies, uh, the acquirer stock goes down and the uh, acquired company stock goes up the day of the announcement. The day of that announcement, First Citizen stock price went up about 50%. So obviously the investment community thought they got a very, very sweet deal. Some of the uh, questions was how can a bank in North Carolina a uh, hundred billion dollar bank by, you know, a bank like uh, SVB in California. Uh, well, I, I will, I will uh, let everyone know that during the financial crisis, 
and the FDIC was auctioning off banks per citizens out of North Carolina, acquired more banks through FDIC assistance than all but one other bank in the country. So they know what they're doing. They know how to look and scrub a portfolio to jettison the, the bad loans and end up with, uh, with quality loans that uh, create earnings going forward. And again, I think that's what uh, you saw in their stock price. In terms of their market share, uh, prior to this acquisition, uh, North Carolina was their biggest market. South Carolina was their second biggest market. And California was their third biggest market. They had bought CIT a little over a year ago. Post this transaction, South Carolina, in terms of their concentration or their, their bigger markets, is number three. California is number one. I suspect they will continue uh, their uh, lending and banking philosophy in California and through the remnants of, of uh, Silicon Valley, just like they have throughout their franchise. So again, I think it was a great move for first citizens. I don't think it will impact uh, anyone's uh, relationship with them in South Carolina, except maybe improve it because they might be able to pick up, uh, you know, some increased technology through the new size they have. Fred, your comments are always enlightening, and that's certainly no different today. Uh, we appreciate you being with us. We appreciate you sharing your input with us. And who knows, maybe we'll see you at the RBC Heritage next week. I wish I could be down there with you, Bill. Well, we'll, we'll make that happen soon. How about that? <laughs> I, I count on it. Thank you. All right. Thank you. That was Fred Green, and uh, we always appreciate Fred being with us as well. Our next speaker's interest in law enforcement came calling on 9-11, and he was working for Nextel at that time, Nextel Communications. And at that point in time, he volunteered to set up a portable cell site at Ground Zero in New York. Uh, he, he watched police and fire crews in action, knew it's what he wanted to do with the rest of his life at that time. Uh, he's a military veteran. He's been in law enforcement for over 20 years. He initially joined the Bluffton Police Department in 2008 and was chosen as chief of police in December of this last year. And he's a big believer in focusing on community policing. And uh, we're looking forward to hearing his vision for the Bluffton, Bluffton Public Safety. Chief, welcome and thank you for joining us this morning. Well, thank you, Bill. I appreciate uh, being invited out here. I wanna first off, thank you and your staff. Uh, you guys are tremendous. And thank you for inviting me to speak uh, regarding our police department here in Bluffton. Uh, I've been here for uh, three months as your police chief, three months, three days, and three hours, but I'm not counting. Um, it's been a tremendous uh, three months. We have been very busy uh, getting started, uh, establishing uh, a different culture here, uh, but always a culture focused on our community and serving our community. Um, it's important to me when I first came in here was to sit down with all of our officers and all of our staff here at the police department and have one-on-ones with each one of them. Um, I think that it's important to focus on allowing everybody to have a voice in the direction that we head as a department. That includes not just internal staff, but external staff as well. 
And so my first three months really have consisted of meeting all of our officers one-on-one and also speaking with a lot of our uh, community organizations and businesses, as well as civilians out in town to discuss what they, how they view our police department currently and where they want to see our department move in the future. Um, recently, uh, we have started a steering committee for our strategic plan and I had 15 of my internal staff volunteer to be part of the strategic plan. And it's very exciting because having that many people involved tells me that all these officers, they want to be a part of the future. They want to have a say in the direction of our department as we move forward. And they've done a tremendous job so far. Um, We've also have volunteers from the community who are also participating in our strategic plan. That involves our law enforcement advisory committee as well as we recently put out a survey to our community that I would encourage people to please take and let us know how we're currently doing and what they would like to see different as we move forward. Um, In order to access that survey, they can go to the Bluffton Police Department Facebook page, and there is a link on there for them to take that survey. Um, If for some reason they do not have social media, they can come in. We do have hard copies at the front desk um, in the lobby of the Bluffton Police Department where they can take a hard copy of the survey and we will collect them in about two weeks uh, to take a look at the results from that. That will also determine some of our objectives and goals for our strategic plan moving forward. I would like to share our mission, vision, and core values that our officers came up with. And there's a key word in each one of these uh, statements as, as we talk about them, and that is about serving and community policing. Uh, Our mission, which was just recently uh, produced, is to protect and serve the town of Bluffton with professionalism, excellence, integrity, dignity, and respect with an emphasis on community policing and enforcing the law to enhance the quality of life for all. Our vision is where we want to go, where do we see ourselves in the future? And that is that we will strive to be innovative, progressive, and transparent. We are committing to serving our team and the community with integrity, courage, and professionalism. And finally, our core values. These are the values that we look for when we go to hire new people and new individuals. And these are what we expect of our officers as they patrol our streets each and every day. And the key word to this is SHIELD. It's something that our officers came up with, and each letter stands for something different. Uh, SHIELD is serving with compassion, is S, H is honor. I is integrity, E is excellence in policing, L is leadership, and D is dedication to community. Uh, I also like to talk about our community outreach programs that we've developed. Um, I'm a big believer in everything we can do in the community. You know, when you think about law enforcement, you always think about uh, two words, protect and serve. we do a great job protect, protecting, but what we do the majority of the time is serve. And that's the type of culture that we want to put throughout our community, as well as our organization, is it's about serving our people. It's about serving our community. Um, and we do that through our community outreach programs. Uh, one such program is what we call Behind the Badge Program. It's an opportunity for us to get out there, not just as law enforcement officers, but as people for our young children, for our even our adults to see us behind the badge, to see us as human beings. Uh, This past two weekends ago, we teamed up with the Boys and Girls Club of Bluffton and we participated 
participated in the basketball tournament, which was a lot of fun. It took me about a week to recover, uh, but that just goes with old age for me, I guess. Um, but we had a great time. Uh, our officers, uh, we formed a team and we played against uh, a team of all-stars, uh, middle school kids. And it was a close game. Uh, we did come out victorious at the end, but it was a great time for us just to interact with these kids and for them to see us in a different viewpoint. And it's all about establishing relationships. Um, tomorrow, we have a Special Olympics, which is going to be down at May River High School, and that starts at 9.30 a.m. Definitely would encourage anybody that can make that, make it to that. Uh, please come down and see it. It is amazing. You see some tremendous athletes down there, and it is a great time. Um, another thing that we do and that we did last year and we will continue to do is what we like to call cookout with cop. Um, if you live in a subdivision anywhere and you would like for us to come and cook for your community and give us an opportunity to meet with everybody and just have casual conversations, please give Sergeant Carafa a call. He can be reached at 843-637-9707. And what we do, it costs nothing to all, any subdivision. We just come out, we bring the grill, we bring the food, uh, we bring some refreshments. We will cook and we will for you, we will feed you. And it gives us a good opportunity just to get out um, outside of uniform and speak with people in our community to find out some of the issues that, that they're dealing with. Um, one of our big threats that we're facing that I've noticed uh, the three months that I've been police chief is motor vehicle accidents. Um, over this past year, we've had over 1,400 motor vehicle accidents, which translates to about 120 accidents a month. Um, one of the main issues that we are seeing with motor vehicle accidents is distracted driving. We have teamed up with Lutzi 43 program to create awareness for distracted driving. Um, one thing that we're excited to announce is recently I met with Dr. Rodriguez and the Beaufort County School District and we are making a, we are teaming up and we are making a requirement starting next year for all of our students in order for them to get a parking pass, they have to go online and sign a pledge with the Lutzi 43 program uh, to create awareness for distracted driving. It is no cost to the student, but it does help us show the students the importance of driving and being aware of your surroundings while you're driving. And finally, just want to talk a little bit about another challenge that we're experiencing, which is similar to the same challenges that a lot of businesses are experiencing across the country, and that is short staffing. Uh, we currently have uh, 10 positions opening opened, and we are looking to fill those positions. But we want to make sure that we are filling those positions with the right people that are going to fit into our culture. And so we will take our time filling these positions, um, ensuring that we have people that want to come and work here and serve the community of Bluffton. Um, so that may take a little bit of time, but I'm confident that over this next year, we will be able to fill those positions. We are also working with Beaufort County Sheriff's Office, the Beaufort City, and the Beaufort County School District to get school resource officers in every school in Beaufort County. Um, we are looking to fill four positions in all of our elementary schools as well as uh, I have some private schools within the town of Bluffton that are also interested in having SROs at their positions. So if people are interested in any of those positions, uh, please give us a call or they can contact us at www.townofbluffton.com and there's an application process on there. 
and we'll be more than happy to entertain that. So thank you again, and I'm open for questions. All right, Chief, thank you, and congratulations on some of the uh, new programs and initiatives that you're bringing forward. Certainly think that speaks volumes about the police department and getting out into the community. And speaking of the community, that's one of the questions that we have. And uh, that question is coming from Mark. And Mark is asking how we, the community, can continue to support your officers so they know they're appreciated. That's a great question. And what I would say is don't be afraid to call us. Um, we believe, and if you see something, say something. Oftentimes, if we have car breakings in a particular area or neighborhood or something going on, we'll do a neighborhood canvas and somebody will tell us, well, yeah, I saw a car down the street last night, but I didn't think anything of it. Give us a phone call if you see something suspicious. If you see a car that doesn't belong in a particular area, don't be afraid to call us. The worst thing that can happen is our officers go out to the scene. They meet with somebody and they have every reason to be there and they're not up to anything. But that one or two that one time that you, you don't call and we don't come out there, then that could be the time something happens. So call us for anything. We're available and we will come out and respond. All right, Chief. Randy is asking how big your department is in numbers of people. Right now, we are slated for 60 sworn officers, and we have 10 non-sworn officers, meaning civilian positions. Uh, we have 50, 50 officers right now, and we're looking to fill those 10 additional spots. We, have, we are going to be adding an additional seven SROs this year, if all goes well. So that number will obviously increase um, if we could fill those school resource officer positions. All right, Chief, there's been uh, a few more comments, not questions, but those comments have been to thank you uh, for your leadership in the department and several, uh, several people have been emailing that in. So thank you for that. Uh, and thank you for joining us today. We're here to uh, support you and, the, and the, uh, the team there in the police department, the officers, and please let us know as the Chamber of Commerce or any of our members, residents, community can do to continue to uh, foster the, the positive vibe in the Bluffton Police Department. I appreciate that, Bill. Thank you very much. All right, Chief. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you very much. You too. All right. Thank you for joining us to everybody and stay tuned and check your uh, uh, inbox. You'll have a survey shortly uh, about Power Hour. We want to know what you think and uh, other topics that you would like to see and make sure that we're doing and covering what you like to hear and, and are interested in. I want to mention also this Thursday, uh, our annual plaid party. You don't want to miss that. It's uh, another wind up and kick off to the RBC Heritage presented by Boeing. And that's going to be at 5.30 p.m. this Thursday evening at the University of South Carolina Beaufort Hilton Head Hospitality Campus. So make sure you, uh, you caught the, the hospitality campus on Hilton Head for USCB. And then you can also get all that uh, info on our website at HiltonHeadBluftonChamber.org. Thank you for tuning in today. We look forward to uh, seeing you next week at the RBC Heritage and have a great rest of your day and a great rest of your week.